I was settled in before you just didn't believe me. Right. <laughs> okay, so That's, I told y'all that. No, but yet no, bull baloney. Don't. All right. Will you hear what he said? What? Don't 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 sit there and get yourself caught. Don't sit there and get yourself caught in a lie. Don't you won't be. Blah, blah, blah. Um, we're we're in the process of building a relationship. We're 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 um, uh, um I would say um, I know his last name right now. I'm trying to think where the seafood buffet was, which I like that. And you destroy that and try to make sure that the casino loses money on that deal. <laughs> and and um, oh, welcome in the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm joined as always by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? Oh, man, doing great. Finishing the weekend strong. Had a, man, I had a wild one. Let me tell you real quick, Shane. <laughs> went to my favorite Mexican restaurant here in Nashville. It's a little place called Habanero Grill. Family-owned restaurant. And I, I've always picked weird times, Shane. If I'm going out Friday or Saturday, yeah, I don't hit the restaurant up at, you know, seven or eight or six. You know, I, I don't go, I don't like when it's popular, right? I like to go in there. Right. I'll hit it like two thirty, three o'clock like an old man. <laughs> and I have the place all to myself. It's beautiful. I get excellent service because they only got two staff members and it's, you know, it's a, it's like a, a husband and wife type deal. <laughs> so I take my lady there. We go, we're going for a full course, you know, the whole thing, appetizers, yeah. meal, dessert, multiple margaritas. It That's, that's always the game plan, right? Oh yeah. Right. We show up I'm with you. We Come on sh- now. We show up there's only one other couple. Perfect. We sit in there. The moment we sit down, I don't even know where these people came from. There must've been like a bus in the back or something, but shout out to uh, the Louisiana rugby team. Cause they, <laughs> no joke. And these were like college age women. There's about 80 of them come in this restaurant that seats like 60 people and it was a damn madhouse in there, brother. But yeah, so that, I mean, and that was just the start of a wild, wild night for me. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it was wild. Isn't it funny? Like everybody has a Mexican restaurant, like their Mexican restaurant. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, yeah, that sounds good, Mike. But have you had my Mexican <laughs> restaurant? You know, it's like no matter who you talk to, they've all got one. Mine's El Torito's in Morristown. Shout out. Not a sponsor of the pod, but if you get a chance, man, they're fantastic. That's that's my spot is the one we like. But it's just when you say that, it's like, yeah, I bet it's good, but I bet it's no El Chorito. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Hey, and I did want to give a shout out to them Razorback fans. Uh, they hung in there, man. You know what I'm saying? I was I, clearly this is a football conference. You know what I'm saying? Yep. But we we're, we're all behind the Razorbacks, and 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 now it looks like even our Peacocks are are starting to starting to fold here. <laughs> so I'm done. I'm done officially with basketball, brother, and I'm ready to move on to football. And I know there's some baseball guys out there. Don't get me wrong. I'm just I'm not going to pretend I like a sport that I don't. It's, it's not that I don't like baseball. I've been to baseball games. But, you know, I, it's not like I've been following these guys for you know, the last 30 years. Right. Uh, if they make it to, to a tournament, yeah, sure, I'll turn it on. But until then, uh, I'm all football, baby. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it was tough to see the SEC season to come to the end of the, in basketball. But that just means we're turning the page fully to football, at yep. least in our world. And let's start right there, Shane, because big news here. This came out uh, on Friday. I just wanted to throw this out your way because – you know, I don't, I don't think it's made national news or anything, but David Cutcliffe, we all know that name, former mm-hmm. Duke coach, Ole Miss coach, Tennessee offense coordinator. Quarterback whisperer. Hired by the SEC, Shane, as a special assistant to uh, SEC mm-hmm. Commissioner Greg Sankey. And this is twofold, Shane, because there was a lot of reports that uh, David Cutcliffe was headed to Texas to work for Steve Sarkeesian as a, a special analyst type. Uh-huh. And people assume that was, you know, potentially way heavily here in the Arch Manning sweepstakes. So, mm-hmm. you know, Texas potentially they lose a little, uh, you know, ace up their sleeve in the Arch race. I'm not saying the Longhorns yeah. are done, but Arch currently visiting uh, Texas, I believe, this weekend. He was at Georgia last weekend. He's going to be at Alabama. 
the next weekend. So I'm just saying, I'm, I'm throwing that out there, Shane, but you know, I'm not trying to make this all about Arch Manning because David Cutcliffe, this is interesting, Shane. He's going to be a, a basically a liaison between the head coaches in the SEC mm-hmm. because of these relationships he's got around the SEC to work with uh, Greg Sankey to improve game management, communications, the rules and the policies and scheduling in the SEC. So, you know, like I said, this is not going to make national news or anything, but mm-hmm. David Cutcliffe, such a respected name, not only in the SEC, but in all of college football. Hell, I mean, he made Duke relevant. You know what I mean? I mean, right. the only two guys that ever made Duke relevant, Shane, David Cutcliffe and Steve Spurrier. And last I checked, I mean, two offensive geniuses. So <laughs> anytime we get the SEC a little bit stronger, I think this is going to be good for the league. And I think it's going to make it better all uh, overall, just an even better conference with David Cutcliffe still associated with the SEC. Yeah, welcome home, Dave. You know what I'm saying? Coach Cut back in the mix, and and I'm all for this. It, it, you see this with all, some of these older coaches that you've just loved growing up. You know, you you don't you don't want to see them go out. You know, wrong. You don't want to see them pull a pull a Spurrier and just quit halfway through a season. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, some coaches don't age gracefully, and, and Cut has. And he's been the top of his game. You know, wherever he goes, things, you know, weren't always perfect. But, you know, when you hear some of these these old players, when you hear some of these coaches that have been around him, there's nothing but respect coming with him. And and I think this is a huge win for the SEC, man. Uh, I mean, think about it. Sankey, I mean, he's got Sankey's ear, and there's nobody going to look out for these coaches. Nobody's going to look out more for these SEC programs than a guy that knows the ins and outs of it. So I, I just think it's, I think it's a great move, and uh, I'm just glad that we get to see him. You know what I'm saying? This, this is, he's not leaving. He's not out. He's in the league, and uh, I think he's going to make it a better, a better conference. Yeah, no doubt, Shane. But moving on here, let's get the thing going with uh, let's let's kick it down to Starkville, Shane, where Mississippi State. This is not a team we've hit on here recently mm-hmm. because they just started spring on I want to say Thursday, and we even had one of our followers shout. You know, they were giving us hell. You ain't talking no Mississippi <laughs> State. What the hell? When are you gonna get to the Bulldogs? Well, we're here, and hey, I'm not trying to. Uh, you know, cause an issue here because I'm going to start with something a little bit negative, Shane. Uh Uh-oh. I have never heard of this in my entire life covering the SEC. So prior to spring starting, I believe it was a day, either the day or or two days before spring started, Mississippi State held their pro day down there in Starkville. And Mm -hmm. we even got video of it. We'll throw it up here on the screen if you're watching at YouTube. But Mike Leach did not show up for the Mississippi State Pro Day. And I have just never in my life have I heard of such a a move by a coach. And, you know, I'm not sitting here saying that Mike Leach is, you know, going to boost the stock of his guys if he shows up. But it's hard for me to imagine, you know, anytime you see Nick Saban or Kirby Smart or, or hell, Lane Kiffin, any of these coaches, you know, they come to these events, they hype up their guys, they, they meet with, you know, all kinds of NFL personnel – that's the whole point yeah. is to come here right. and these coaches from the NFL got questions for college head coaches want to know about these players and their medical histories and their personalities. And I don't know. I, again, if Mississippi state wins big this year, this is a complete non-issue, but right. trust me, brother, when we saw what just happened to Brian Harson, if Mississippi <laughs> state doesn't live up to the hype and have a good season, this is going, I think this is going to come back and haunt him. What do you, what do you think about this? Well, I like I like power positive thinking, Mike. And and one thing that that Coach Leach is not known for is is pumping people up. You know what I'm saying? He's not a hot man. Right. He's he's he maybe he's not the best guy to have around. And I and I'm not I'm not I'm not saying this is a good look. I, I mean, obviously you want your head coach there. He's your he's your captain. He you know this is this is the guy that has all the answers, but. Maybe they're too honest, you know what I'm saying? So maybe maybe you keep some of these assistant coaches that were around because I'm sure there was plenty of staff members there. Just the pirate was was not present. So I'm going to go spin zone here and just say, you know what, this is probably better for the kids there that 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 Coach Leach isn't there. I mean, you got to remember most of these guys he didn't bring to the campus. 
Right. And, you know, I dig a, a just slightly deeper. And again, we love the pirate. I'm not sitting here trying to bury the guy, but I reached out to someone down there that was, that knows the program and is connected to it. Yeah. And I asked him, I was like, why didn't he go to the pro pro day? He couldn't give me an answer. But what he did say was that Leach is just, he's just a different kind of guy. And he says, even yeah. at practice, sometimes he doesn't even show up for the first periods of practice. And again, I'm sitting here trying to think of, you know, maybe it's unfair to criticize, you know, I'm not, we can't compare everybody to Nick Saban, but could you imagine yeah. Nick Saban not going to practice? <laughs> At least, I'm not saying he, he does miss all the practice, but that's what the guy told me. He misses periods of practice on, and this is not like a, this happened one time or two times. Like, this is something that happens where he just shows up midway into practice <laughs> and hell, he's a, he's a genius. He wins everywhere he goes. So, uh, I don't. Yeah. I just I've literally have never heard of this in in my entire life in the SEC. A head coach not being at practice. It's like he's maybe he's stuck on a Candy Crush round <laughs> or something. He's like, I'm not leaving till I do until I finish this thing. You know what I'm saying? That's that's what he just comes across as one of those guys. Like I am not leaving there until this puzzle's complete or I finish this crossword or whatever it is. You know he's. He's a man that finishes tasks. He may he may be slow to start them, but he will finish the task. Uh, but when when I think of him, I, I mean, you remember that year they had the big fight? I mean, he's up in the stands kissing babies. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> his team's imploding behind him. You know, he's just on. He's doing his own thing. But that's that's who he is. That's what you signed up. That's what you should expect. You you know you're you didn't hire him to fit your mold you 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 know what I'm saying right. you 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 hired Leach to to change the to change the game to 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 win some freaking ball games and that's what they've been able to do it hasn't been pretty all the time but I think it's definitely moving in the right direction you know what I'm saying I think this is going to be one of the best Mississippi State teams we've seen in many years yeah and that's what, uh, where I wanted to turn the conversation Shane because. Uh, you know, if you missed it, ESPN, they put out their, uh, you know, top returning production in the SEC. Well, they did it for the entire country, but I broke it down on the SEC level. And Mississippi State has got more returning production than any team in the conference. Yeah. This is a team that won at Texas A&M last year. They won at Auburn. They were, let's face it, cover your ears, Razorback fans. They were a questionable call away from, from winning at Auburn – or excuse me, at, mm -hmm. at Arkansas. And then, hell, if some guys catch a damn ball in, in the end zone when they could have walked in to score in the Egg Bowl, who knows how that thing would have turned out. But yeah. this ain't no terrible team here. You know what I mean? I mean, this yeah. is a bowl This team. ain't your Papa's Bulldogs. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This is, and we this got is a 2022. We got so. a quarterback that's, uh, you know, tearing up the record books, and he's only been a starter mm -hmm. for two years. He's got two more years left to play. I say all that to say this, Shane. I think Mississippi State is probably the most slept-on team in the country. And here we are. We pump up all these other SEC teams. We, I don't think we pump up Mississippi State enough. What, what do you think? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. I think you're, I think you're dead on. I think this is one of those teams that we were talking halfway through the season. Like, why didn't we? Why didn't we spend more time discussing what Mike Leach is bringing back mm -hmm. to Starkville? Because I, I'm with you. You, you, the the numbers don't lie. I mean, look at the roster. It, it, you know that old saying, when you bring back bad guys, it doesn't matter. But that's not what Mississippi State had. Mississippi State had some had a really good team. And like you said, just a few mistakes away from from being a very successful year last year. So they correct those. You And the best way to correct it is, is just practice. And that's what these guys are going to have. So many practices under their belt. So, yeah, I don't care if the Pirates showing up late. I think Mississippi State is a sleeper in the West, brother. Yeah, and that's the thing that uh, people got to understand about Mike Leach's system, Shane. It doesn't – he doesn't drastically change it. And no. that's not to say that it's, you know, real simple because otherwise everybody be doing it. But the key to it is repetitions, 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 and having yep. slight variations to the route tree and the passing concepts. And the more these players, these receivers and these quarterbacks have experience in this system, the better. And like I said, they were tearing up the record books in year two. The system always gets better as it progresses. And year three is going to be the biggest year ever for Mike Leach and this offense down there in Starkville. They just need the defense mm -hmm. to do their part. But like I said, we love the Pirate. We're not trying to bury him, Shane. <laughs> 
And he reminds me a little bit of you, Cousin Shane, because <laughs> he was asked about uh, the NFL draft that's upcoming, Charles Cross, yeah. their outstanding offensive tackle. Many predict he's going to be a top 10 selection in the draft. He was asked during uh, the, the first presser of spring, are you going to be at the draft? Look where uh, Coach Leach takes this question. I don't really plan to attend the draft. I don't, I don't even know when it is. Usually I read it on my phone, but um, when is it anyway? April 28th. Are we practicing that day? I think it ends April 26th. Uh, maybe. We'll see what happens. <laughs> it's in Vegas. It's in Vegas. Yeah, I'm not a big Vegas guy. That's like being in a mall the whole time. You know? <laughs> Unless you're really into gambling, um, uh, which, uh, you know, I get bored with that. I mean, it's like it's like being in a mall. I mean, they, maybe they don't have, uh, you know, shoes and T-shirts and perfume, but they have, uh, uh, you know, it's just a mall that uh, clinks a lot, you know. So I'm not a big mall guy. Yeah, it's it's fun for the short run, and there is great food in Vegas. What are some of your favorite spots? Oh, what is it? The, the my favorite, the best place I've ever eaten is uh, in Vegas, and they in there's a lot of great food in Vegas. And like I say, I'm not a huge Vegas guy. Um, What's the one in the Golden Nugget? Uh, the advertisement used to always have that gigantic lobster. Is um, that the one on Vegas Vacation? Uh, <laughs> God, what, I mean, it, it's a famous place. Um, and it's at the Golden Nugget. Uh, seems like Anthony's is in the middle of the... I can't remember. I just can't remember the name. It's really good. And then, the, you know, the Golden Nugget's more old school, so I kind of like that. Um, and then I'm trying to think where the seafood buffet was, which I like that. And you destroy that and try to make sure that the casino loses money on that deal. <laughs> and and um, it's at Vic and Anthony's, by the way. Vic and Anthony's, very good. That that's the best, you know, restaurant I ate at. There was an Italian place. I can't think the name. There's. Um, uh, it might have been the Rio that had the, whichever one's got the seafood buffet. That was good. Okay. Oh, okay, then there's this one hole in the wall, not on the strip, around the corner kind of from MGM. That's this Italian restaurant that has all these pictures of, you know, Frank Sinatra and all those type of guys. And, and um, oh, you know, it's you sit down and it, it's, it, it, it has just a few items and then, you know, they always ask you, you know, what kind of wine do you want, white or red? There's no brands. It's just white, <laughs> and, and, and 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 the food's pretty good, but the setting is uh, is you know pretty neat, and it's like uh, old uh, Vegas. Like, uh, um, you know, the the biggest thing I'm interested in is the Mobster Museum there, which I have not been to, um, but uh, I don't know. You about got me talked into. <laughs> go, go to Vegas to watch Charles. Okay. <laughs> All right, Shane. So leave it to to Leach. Get asked about the draft. We go to Vegas buffets. We go to mob restaurants out here in Vegas. But you know, I, I also when I heard this, I thought of you, cousin Shane. <laughs> you been out to Vegas to any of those buffets yet? Oh my gosh, Mike. Let me tell you, I've I've only been to Vegas once, and I went when I was pretty young i want to say like 22 something like that uh -huh. so i didn't have a lot of money you know i didn't have i didn't quite have grown-up money you know what i'm saying <laughs> which is probably a good idea because i would have took all my cards out and, and just drained those accounts but but i'll tell you this mike we went out there i, I, I had 1200 dollars on me and we stayed at the flamingo and i went there and we we checked in it was like four in the morning it's like real early you know and uh, they, so we couldn't check in our room, and they're like, "Well, you just leave your bags here, and then we'll uh, we'll we'll put them in your room when it's ready." And we're like, "Okay." So we hit the floor, man. It's like, like I said, it's four in the morning. I'm just just waking up. I slept halfway <laughs> over there, and uh, I go up to the machine. This lady comes up, and she says, "Would you like a beer?" And I was like, "Yeah, how much?" And she goes, "Are you playing?" And and I as I slowly got my card, I put that dollar in the machine. I was like, "I am now." And she says, "Then it's free." And she gave me a beer, and I was like. 
what is this magical place? You know, I mean, I've heard stories, but I didn't know, you know, I've got to remember, I mean, I'm just a kid, you know? So I, I put money in this, this like 20 bucks in this machine and I end up cashing out 40 bucks. And I'm like, man, this is going to be the greatest weekend ever, you know? And they're like, you want to grab something to eat? And we went and grabbed something to eat. And I'm going down and when they had one of these gimmick wheels, you know, it's like they got a hundred things. You could put five bucks on it and spin it around. Mm-hmm. So I spun that thing around and I won 50 bucks. And I was like, this is what <laughs> heaven looks like. You know what I'm saying? Fast forward three days later, man, if I didn't have a comp card to eat at the buffet, I would literally have starved to death that last day. I was broke as a joke, man. <laughs> Vegas tore me a new one, man. I woke up and I was like, I was like, man, I want something to eat, you know? And they're like, well, you got your card. There may be some comps on it. And I went in there. I had just enough for the buffet. And I knew that was going to be my last meal, brother. And I went all in. At the, I never left the Flamingo. I know there's other casinos, but I was just so hooked, man. I couldn't I, – I, I'd love to go back out there now and just, like, kind of experience it. But uh, I, haven't, I haven't been out there since then, man. Mm. Have you been out there? Yeah, I had a wild night or two in Vegas uh, when I was living out in Los Angeles. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm afraid to say what what all went down when I went down there. But <laughs> it's like hangover. Yeah, I thought you know it's bad when you're talking to somebody and you're like, you, you ever been? Los- oh yeah, yeah. We went, we saw the Hoover Dam, and I'm like, I immediately <laughs> cut them off. You know, I'm like, like they can talk all they want, but this is not the conversation I want to have. I want to talk about the casinos out there. You know? Oh, yeah, we went to a Celine Dion concert. It was great. And I was like, no, no. We went out there to gamble. So, And I'm kind of afraid because, as you guys know, I'm a terrible gambler, and I don't expect that to change if I go to Las Vegas. So it's going to be one of those I probably should just bring $1,200 and no debit cards credit cards you know what i'm saying exactly well speaking of food shane real quick because hey this is another one we had fans demand they want shane's reaction on this i Mm -hmm. already covered this uh this press conference before but the highlight of it last question kirby smart asked about his favorite pizza joint there in athens Mm -hmm. startling revelation here where is it i'm hungry Like styles or like, man, if I do that, I'll throw somebody under the bus. I mean, I'm not, I, I, my kids could do that. I got uh, Andrew's out there somewhere. He could tell you flat out. I don't, I usually get the, uh, the, the subs. I get a, a meatball sub when it's a pizza place. So I'll eat the leftover pizzas. The kids don't eat. And you can tell. So see you. All right, Chad. I mean, I, I don't know if I ever heard of this before. Meatball mm. Subman over the pizza. Thoughts on that? No. And uh, favorite pizza joints for Cousin Shane? Well, Mike, I mean, there's not a lot of bad pizza joints. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Little Caesars gives me a little heartburn. <laughs> so, I mean, but you're paying five bucks. So, I mean, that's kind of what you get. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but as far as just like any pizza, I'm in this I'm in this barbecue chicken kick right now that I can't get out of. And I... And, and nobody's doing it better than Domino's. I, I, I'm a chain guy. I know when it comes to pizza and everybody's like, man, if you're, are you crazy? There's like brick oven pizzas and all this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm sure it's delicious. But, you know, Papa John's delivers. Domino's <laughs> delivers. You know what I'm saying? These other fancy places, you got to go in there and get it and like pay them. You know, I'm not, I'm not all for that. But if I do go to a fancy pizza place, and when I say fancy, I mean not Little Caesars. <laughs> you know? And when I go in there, I'm a I'm a calzone guy, man. You know what I'm saying? Oh, it's yeah. tough for me to go to an Italian place like that and, and not get like garlic knots and and a calzone. I I am a I'm that's me. I'm a calzone dude. And um if I were to get a pizza thin crust is what I'm gonna go if it's just any random pizza joint that I'm that I'm unfamiliar with, but uh, but a chain right now I just can't get off the barbecue chicken. I'm hooked. I got you, well, Shane. If you you ever make your way to Nashville, any of the listeners out there, my favorite spot. I I don't think it gets enough respect. Desano, right next to uh, Vanderbilt campus. It to me, it's the mm-hmm. best pizza in Nashville, and it's a little expensive. It's one of the, it's one of these fancy places you're talking about Shane, but uh, yeah, if you make it your way to Nashville, you got to hit up DeSano. That to me is the best pizza in town. I guess like 
would you? I guess if you can sit in the pizza place, mm-hmm. I would consider it fancy. You know, it's like <laughs> you go, you go into Domino's. You, you're not sitting down. Papa John's. You're not sitting down. You know, Pizza Hut's a little fancy. You know, <laughs> so uh, I'm sorry, man. I I could eat any pizza. There's not a bad pizza place. My wife, she loves this Marco's. I don't know if you've ever had that, but mm-hmm. uh, she she loves it. Not my favorite, but if if she likes it, we'll order it more. So, but. I, again, I'm I am not picky when it comes to pizza, but I'll tell you one thing, brother. I definitely am not eating a meatball sub at one. <laughs> All right, somehow moving on from Matt Shane, let's kick it on down to uh, College Station. Giga Maggie's. Where, man, I get a kick out of uh, anytime I post something about Texas A and M. You know, you you would think. Maybe it's just my followers because I, I, I assume I don't have a lot of Longhorns in my mentions, thank God. But anytime I mention something about Texas A&M, who do you think is the first one to jump in there and call out Jimbo Fisher and the Aggies for losing all these games? LSU. LSU. <laughs> and that's something here old Jimbo was asked about. You, know, get, you got all this LSU stuff behind you. It, does that lock you into the Aggies? This is an incredible response here from uh, the head coach down here at Texas A&M. This, this is nice for you, everything, new contract, LSU stuff out of the way, everything settled in. Is this what's most fun for you now settling in and, and knowing everything? I was settled in before you just didn't believe me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so That's, I told y'all that, no, right. but yeah, no, bull baloney, don't. Yeah. All right, you hear what he said? What? Don't 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 sit there and get yourself caught. No, 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 don't no, sit no, there and get yourself no, caught in a lie. Don't you won't be blah, blah, blah. asking those questions moving forward. Uh, you're having to answer those questions. Well, yeah, I mean, wait. Yeah. No, hopefully you're not. But you don't. How do you know? You don't have two great years. Somebody says. I mean, you know what I'm saying. I mean that you can't. But just what you say and what you do is. I mean, honestly, I, I love being here. Like I said before, we got a lot of work to do and, and to achieve what we need to achieve. But we can do it, and uh, it's a great place to be. So how about it, Shane? I mean, he was trying to tell us the whole time. He's locked in, and I just think it's hilarious. And, and maybe LSU, just maybe, they maybe they got the, a better hire here with Brian Kelly. I mean, you can't knock that man's resume either. So I'm not I'm not really saying one against the other, but, you know, I, I did not – maybe I underrated this Texas A&M-LSU rivalry because, you know, going back to that uh, – the, the SEC scheduling model we had – you know, I took a and LSU out, and my God, I mean, both sides were pissed off on that thing. I mean, Texas A&M, LSU, they got to play annually. Now we add a little bit more fuel to the fire because LSU, hell, Coach O had already been fired, yet he turned yeah. around and beat Jimbo. Then Jimbo went out and, and turned around and stole Max Johnson away, as well as Jake Johnson, the, the number one tight end in the country from LSU. And now we got these coaching rumors. You know, they they tried to get them. They couldn't get them. But, uh, man, this is just going to, like I said, put so much extra fuel on one of the growing rivalries in the SEC. And uh, mm-hmm. I don't even know if I got a question on this one, Shane, but just your, your <laughs> thoughts on the back and forth between A&M and LSU this offseason. Well, first off, on that clip, I mean, every coach is staying until they leave. You know? <laughs> I'm sure it's one of those that Jimbo absolutely loves where he's at, but I'll hear the offer, you know? Right. And if it was, and I guarantee if it was lucrative enough or guaranteed money, like some of these contracts we're starting to see come out of the NFL, Jimbo may have said, well, okay, yeah, let's do it. So I'm, I'm not saying that. I, I, I mean, I'm just. I'm completely speculating, but I would imagine that Jimbo still listened, entertained the offer at least. So to say that he was never leaving, that's that's crazy talk to me because everybody's got a price. Mm-hmm. Even even the great Nick Saban, you know, if they offered him enough, I guarantee you'd at least consider. No, 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 maybe not Nick Saban. I mean, he's built something pretty damn sweet down there. Okay, maybe that was a bad example, but anyone else, yeah, I think they would entertain it. But as far as this rivalry, you know, when you have a couple of really good games, when you have a couple of storylines coming out between two programs, you can easily create, a, 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 I guess you would say, a rivalry here because you got to remember it's 
we all have short attention spans. <laughs> yeah. We, we, we only think about the last three to four years. That's like these, these, these diehard, you know, I hate to go to Tennessee and Alabama, but you know, some of those guys, they remember trade trade, you know, oh, shit. Let me go back with that. Some of these older guys, they remember, you know, every year not knowing who's going to win that game. And, and it, it was a huge rivalry, yeah. you know. I remember my parents talking about it and, and getting on to other people at church and stuff about it. Maybe they were a Tide fan or something. <laughs> Didn't talk that Sunday <laughs> after the game. But but now it's different. It, it, it's been so long since that game was even relevant, you know. But I guarantee that if it got back into a, you don't know who's going to win this thing three or four years, then all of a sudden we're talking about it being one of the greatest rivalries. That's that's exactly what it is. It's a short attention span. It wasn't that long ago. National champs, you know. I mean, it, these these – that's what this is about, and then you you factor in stealing players and coaches and mm-hmm. coming after each other's coaches. That right there is just going to fuel it. And, and and online brother, these guys absolutely hate each other. Yeah, there is no doubt. And here, speaking of Max Johnson, Jimbo also a little bit of uh, not much of a nugget, but asked about the quarterback competition, asked about Max Johnson and that experience and the competition right there in, in College Station this spring. Oh, I mean, you're pushing everything. I mean, all battles. I mean, every day you got and those guys are doing a really nice job, and we rotate them with different mixes and different groups. One day's different fields, so they're they're with different coaches and how they do things, and just seeing their leadership and the command. And that's the big thing. First of all, is the command, leadership, and the competitiveness in which they can uh, exert and the influence they have on the other players, as long as their own execution. I mean, we talk about their own execution, but you got to have that confidence. The players got to have that confidence, and all three guys have had experience and and, and very natural that. Not necessarily your system, obviously, with Max Johnson, but how valuable is that experience? I know you weigh that or value that that experience, that SEC experience that he's gotten over the past couple of years. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt. Being able to play in games is that that's an advantage. I mean, there's no doubt. But I mean, that doesn't that's not a tell-all. But at the same time, you know, he's done some things, and you can see. I think sometimes if he misses a play or something, the ability to come right back and make another play, I think some of that maturity. But I actually been, of course, Haynes has always done that. Haynes was doing that in camp while he was starting for us. And then during bowl practice last week, when he started to come back, he was he was starting to, you know, you started to saw that. And I think uh, Connor does it very naturally. I tell you what, he does some things now, just, you know, the instinctively and how you do things and throws and reads and eyes. And man, he just, he just he's a he's a very natural player too. So just very, I, that room is going to be very interesting. But Max, Max is doing a nice job too. All right, Shane. So next, hey, we're already talking LSU. So let's jump on down to Baton Rouge where their star player down there, where it, you know they they don't have a quarterback settled either down there in Baton Rouge, but what they do have is Keishawn Butte, who mm-hmm. may be the best receiver in the country, and this was a very very interesting comment here from Brian Kelly on his star receiver Keishawn Butte and their growing I guess you could say relationship. Coach, could you give us an update on Keishawn? Uh, just your relationship with him, what you've seen out of him, etc., and his health, of course. Um, we're, we're in the process of building a relationship We're we're, we're, um, uh, um, I would say, um, I know his last name right now. And I say that only because, um, we're, uh, we're in that process of, um, he's reengaging, you know, he's been, you know, injured. Um, he's, he's had a second surgery, um, but um, we're we're getting uh, we're we're getting more acquainted every day. Um, look, he's a great player. He's a good kid. Um, but this has been a rough spot for him. And what happens is you tend to get distracted because you're not involved in everything. But he's learning you got to be involved in everything, whether you're injured or not. And and that's a process that he's going through. And. We're seeing some really good changes. Um, we had a nice conversation uh, in the training room this morning where he's, he's on top of his academics and um, he's, he's making good progress. Um, but um, the good part about it is the surgery was successful. Um, he's making good progress. He's in a walking boot right now. Um, and, and that's really the most important thing. The rest of the stuff, um, we'll work it out between the two of us. I'm not that hard-headed. He's a good player. 
Did you before you get going on this? Did you see uh, uh, any of Brad Johnson's TikToks? <laughs> Have you ever watched any of it? I mean, uh, I've, I've seen I don't, a couple I don't, of them. I, yeah, I can't quite figure it out. I don't know if I really like it or I really hate it. <laughs> you know, he starts it. I love how he's, he was Big Bad Brad here. You know, it's just like real cool. Yeah, it's Big Bad Brad, and I'm going to throw a football. But but some of the stuff he does is like dynamite. And yeah. and I don't know how many takes he does to do it. He's like a, I asked him one time. He, he told me it takes a ton, and, oh. and he does it. He said he does it for the main part. is uh, He's just having fun, and it. he said it's a really good workout <laughs> because he, cause he, it, does t- it takes him like an hour to, to do some lows, you know? Oh, okay. Well, I was gonna say. I mean, he he. I mean, he goes all in. He's like, what's that? Cool dudes or whatever on YouTube. You know that they're doing those shots, trick shots, or whatever. Trick shots. And is that the name of the show? I think so. I think it's trick shots. Yeah, trick, so, trick shot guys. So, or something like so, that. so it's like it's like an old man version of that. You know, it's like nothing too crazy, <laughs> but you know, he's throwing a football into basketball nets. It's, I mean, it's very impressive stuff. But I just love this is Big Bad Brad here. <laughs> <laughs> He's got something. I just don't know if I love it or hate it. But all right, sorry. I, we'll get back to we'll get back to LSU dudes. But I just thought about that. <laughs> you know, that, that's one of those things, man. You got to remember, as much as you'd love to see this Kelly thing take off, you just love to see that. You'd love to see him come down there and be in complete harmony mm-hmm. with the program, the locker room, not be turned upside down. But you got to remember. Whose shoes he's filling? This you want to talk about a player's coach? There's a reason that the LSU kids are down there, and it was Coach O, baby. Yeah. you know what I'm saying? Right. They were all in. So, th- I think this is going to be one of the tougher moves, and it's something that we talked about uh, early in the season. You're talking about like Florida. Do we see Napier or do we see Kelly? You know, hitting off I, the Kelly thing. I think could hit. More than I do than I do in Florida, but but it's it's going to take a locker room, you know. I mean, it's got to everybody's got to buy in, right. and it sounds to me just from from these comments that that's what he's. Butte's one of those guys that just hasn't bought in yet, and he's not going to beg you to hang out in LSU, even though these lawyers are going to pay you to stay. Mm-hmm. But you you still you still are going to have to buy into what Kelly's doing. You're still going to have to buy back into this team and realize that this is the same football team that it was last year. So um, I don't know, man. That's 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 just kind of one of those one of those things that could go on to the to regular season, right. or it may be one of those things he finally buys in. So I I don't know. I, yeah, I, we'll I really think this is just part of kind of like what you're trying to hit at here, Shane. When when a new regime comes in, them trying to get buy in, even from a guy yeah. that we all know is probably a guaranteed lock to be a first round pick as long as he's healthy, and you know I I don't want to call out any players because. Who knows, really, at the end of the day. But LSU's way more talented than they've been showing on the yeah. field. So, I think they need this, Shane. Even even these guys, you know, like a – I'll call out one guy that's not there anymore, Stingley. I mean, yeah. that guy didn't really even show up since uh, his fresh, no. freshman year. And, hey, more power to him. He's going to be a first-round pick in the upcoming draft. You know what I mean? So, right. in the end of the day, it worked out for him. But – that it that didn't work out for LSU, you know what I mean, and mm-hmm. and that's why they were losing all these damn games because you got elite players not fully bought in or banged up or uh, I mean hell even to, to start the 2020 season I mean people overlooked the fact that Stingley perfect example just right on the eve of the season the Mississippi State game you know he had to go to the hospital and he was out and and no one no one declared. You know, what the hell happened there? And, it and every, right. you know what I mean? Like, it's just, you can't have this shit. I mean, you're not, yeah. you don't see this at Georgia and Alabama with Mm-mm. players. I mean, you see it once in, once in a blue moon. But when, uh, when this is multiple seasons of issues at LSU, that's why they're losing all these right. games. And that's why Brian Kelly's a coach right now. Because he's, yeah, he's, exactly. he's saying this shit is not going to fly here if we want to win the national championship. And if, if we're not here to win the national championship, what the hell are we doing here? 
That's exactly right, man. Individuals play in the NFL. Teams play in college. And you you think about uh, Sam Pittman coming to Arkansas. The only reason those guys took off so well is because they played together as a team, as a collective group. It wasn't that they were just loaded with NFL talent, Mm -hmm. which turns out that they had some. But it was one of those that they had to have the locker room buy in, and they bought in completely. So LSU has been disconnected from that. It's been a whole bunch of a bunch of eyes, man, bunch of individuals. It was the it was the parent cams. It was the bootay. Everything was, you know, what I'm saying. Yeah. It just it felt like Stingley. It was. You look at it. There was just a whole bunch of highlighted players coming in here, and they're going to take over. But at this level, you you got to completely buy in. And if bootay isn't in. Here's a guy that's uber talented that's going to play on Sundays one time, but there's a lot of young kids that look up to athletes like that, mm-hmm. and they're going to mirror who they're who they're striving to be. And so if he's not bought in, why would I buy in? And it just you're creating a culture. So I like that Kelly is coming out with this attitude approach and 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 put it back on him. Buy in or get the hell out. Mm-hmm. And last, you know, one guy that seemingly has bought in, Shane. I just wanted to play this quick clip before we move on. Miles Brennan, you know, obviously LSU just added Jaden Daniels, the transfer quarterback, and a lot of people were, were saying, oh, poor Miles Brennan. I, we thought he was going to be the guy. Now he's got to <laughs> deal with more competition. He ain't backing down from it, so I, I just love this approach. So I wanted to play this clip. Coach Kelly says it's his job to create competition. Totally. And so certainly brings in Jaden Daniels as another quarterback to compete so your, your mindset doesn't change? Not at all. I mean, this is this quarterback competition number six, you know, so I, I'm used to it. I know I know what I have to do. I've done it before. I've gone out there and I've played. You know, I, I've gotten the job done before. Um, so just making sure I, I you know, I, I get it done again, and, and I will, and I'm confident. I feel great. Uh, it's just another year, and we're all going to make each other better. You know, I, I believe in competition as well. Um, but, you know, I, at the end of the day, as long as we make, make each other better and compete, we're, we'll be fine. Miles, talk. All right, last team I wanted to hit on here, Shane, real quick. Let's kick it all down to the Plains. War damn eagle. Where uh, the Auburn Tigers, they had their first scrimmage of the spring. And, you know, I don't have a lot of details on on how the scrimmage went at this time, but uh, I know Zach Calzada did not participate in it, from my understanding. He's a little banged up, but uh, according to Coach Harson, you know, engaged in all the meetings and, I would still say at this point in time, despite the fact Calzada is not good to go from a physical standpoint, I still would consider him the front runner to win that quarterback competition. Now, T.J. Finley, maybe he makes a move. Mm-hmm. They brought in an Oregon transfer and uh, uh, Robbie Hansford, I think is his name. And, mm-hmm. you know, they got a freshman down there. So we'll see how this, this goes. But they did lose Demetrius Davis. He transferred out. He was. This was one of the last quarterbacks of the Gus Malzahn, Chad Morris year. So, you know, you hate to see him go. He was. He was one of the most prolific high school quarterbacks in, in the state of Texas yeah. history, but uh, just never really given an opportunity in college football. And, and I'm not saying that, uh, you know, he may go another school and have great success, but it just ain't going to be at Auburn. But one thing I did want to hit on Shane because again, this Auburn is another team where. Who the hell knows what to make of them? I mean, they almost had the coach fired about a month ago. You've, you've had players in transferring in, transferring out. Mm-hmm. We're, we're all over the place. But what we do have now at Auburn is we have two coordinators that Brian Harson has worked previously with, guys from, from his Boise days. And according to Brian Harson, everybody's on the same page. We're, pull, we're all pulling in the same direction. You know, this is a little bit coach speak, but – Based on what we know, what was going on at Auburn last year, it could be a 180-degree difference between uh, what we had with Derek Mason and Mike Bobo and what we have with uh, the new coaches down there at Auburn. So let's kick it over to Brian Harson. Can you talk about, in addition to building a team this spring, you've got a coaching staff with new faces on it. Yeah. Getting everybody working together smoothly. Yeah, well, I would say that, that's been um, – handled really well I think with our coordinators number one um, you know you go back to all right coach Brumbaugh on the on the defensive line I sat in coach Brumbaugh's meeting yesterday and I told the players this too it was one of the best meetings I've, I've been a part of and how he was teaching the guys the information the examples and so I left that meeting room I was very impressed 
with what he was teaching and, and the way he was teaching it. Um, Coach Robinson being around him. Uh, when I interviewed him, you know, here's a here's a good young coach that his dad's been, a, you know, his dad's a high school coach. He's been around the game his whole life. You can tell when you talk to him. Um, awesome to be around, great energy. The players love him, recruits love him. Um, he, he gets it. And so, uh, and he's a guy again, that is going to come in and do his work and, and have himself prepared. Uh, Rock, he's been doing this a long time. He's got a lot of experience that shows up in the meetings when he's in front of the whole entire team on special teams. He's got a great way of, of coaching players and getting the most out of them. Um, a little thing today, but I, but I told our players this, our scout team, when we have guys go out there and play the scout team, usually they're, they forget. They don't show up, right? You're, you're screaming for guys. You're trying to find them. Didn't happen today. It's a little thing, but I think that goes back to organization and just a coach making it important and those guys actually doing it. So it's a small thing, but uh, it makes a big difference. You know, on the offensive side, Coach Keesaw, I think he's done a really good job of just keeping that room organized. Uh, we have some analysts and some GAs that are new here, um, but they pay attention. And with Ike Hilliard, he brings a lot of experience. And, and the one thing about Ike, Ike's learning the things that we do. So he's still in that phase right now. He didn't know everything about what we've done. And these guys on the offensive side have been together. And so he doesn't know all that yet, but he figures it out. And if there's something that, that he didn't know, he's such a low ego, high output guy. It's like, hey, let's just make an adjustment. We need to change this, make an adjustment. And then when you get talking ball with him and the, the different Offenses he's been around and the different coaches, that guy knows ball. He knows. You're talking about the practice, Mike. You were talking about that practice, and and I don't know if you heard, but I heard it was a fantastic practice. <laughs> I mean, probably probably the best practice ever practiced before. I mean, since the a lot of people compare it to the 1972 Miami <laughs> Dolphins practice. You know, when Don Shula came out there, that's just what I'm hearing. That's the kind of practice they had. So, I, I think maybe we're sleeping on these Auburn Tigers, baby. <laughs> Colin Coward Shane over here. But, uh, but the, you know, the, let me ask you about that. Uh, you know, like I said, I'm not trying to – you know, we never want to bury a team before they play. But, with, you know, we've said at nauseum, Auburn's schedule out the gate is relatively easy, you know, for, for an SEC yep. schedule. And here we got coaches well, who are familiar with – can you read the first few games just so because yeah. I don't have one in front okay. of me. So here's here's who we got right out the gate here, Shane, for the Auburn Tigers. Mercer. I mean, come on, that's that's gonna be a damn come on that, that's, now. that's murder. San Jose State. Uh-huh. Penn State, but that's at home. Mm-hmm. Missouri, again at home. LSU, who you beat last year, at home. Then it gets a little tricky. At Georgia, at Ole Miss, <laughs> Arkansas. Okay, but well, We'll hold off there. But I'm yeah. saying those first – We're just worried about out of the gate here. <laughs> those first four or five games, I mean, hell, they could be 4-1, and 5-0. and oh. Could be. Could be fired. I mean, there's a lot of things. <laughs> That's a, I mean, come on. I, I just – I'm being a realist, Mike. This is – I mean, how many new coordinators are down there? And, and, and it's just like, do you really have confidence right now to say Auburn's going to come out and potentially be 5-1 and one or 6-0? and oh? I, I just – I don't see it. I, I don't – I mean, I'm thinking about that Mizzou game. I'm thinking about that Penn State game. There's a, there's a lot of question marks. Yeah, obviously they're going to hit the first two, and they got to hit the first two. They cannot – they can't do like they did last year and, and let these, these these shit teams uh, – what was it, Georgia State? You know, I, should, mm-hmm. I know them well, you know. We can't have games <laughs> like that. You know, they, this is one of those games that they just got to come out and punch them in the mouth and fine-tune this thing because it does ramp up real quick. And if Auburn's going to make some noise and if Brian's going to get off that damn hot, hot seat, you know, they, they can't afford – they can't afford any mistakes, even all, even with these these cupcake teams. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. But um, I'm just looking for silver linings here, Shane, because I don't, I don't know how promising next season is going to be for the Auburn Tigers, but – I will tell you this, mm-hmm. Shane. If we are low on them, if the national media is low on the Auburn Tigers, they may just win the national championship because that's how it goes <laughs> down there on the plains. You know, we, we write that's them right. off. They're elite. We say they're going to be good. They're god-awful. So, Absolutely. <laughs> Let me, I have to tell you about Vegas again? I mean, 
<laughs> so I was trying to end the show on a high note. Shane's taking us out on a low note. But uh, you got anything else here, brother, before we we, uh, we end the show? No, I knew it was going to be a good pod. Mike sent me over three clips. One was a Vegas, one was pizza. So I was like, man, this is going to be a good show. <laughs> now he's got me hungry and wanting to gamble. So, uh, no, I'm, I'm excited, man. we got some serious news. we got spring games cranking up. Mm-hmm. Um uh, it's just, I don't know, like you said, it feels like we can finally close the door in basketball. Unfortunately, uh, SEC will not be taking home a championship trophy this year, but we all know who's going to be carrying home a football trophy at the end of this season. So it's going to be an SEC program. It's going to be one of these 12 teams that we're talking about, or 14 teams, sorry. Let me do that again. I forget how many teams we got now. And it's going to be <laughs> – maybe edit that too, man. Sorry, it's been a while. That you can tell I haven't pod in a few years. We added two teams. But let me do that again. <laughs> Shit. But I know it's going to be one of these 14 teams. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, I, I love talking about it. Uh, just keep the news coming, baby. That's what I like. This is real content. Absolutely. And I'm going to try to line us up, Shane, this week. Multiple interviews. Hopefully, at least three to go around the SEC. So, uh, I love uh, when I get to do that. But – that's all i got shane uh now i'm stumbling through this one but (laughs) hey brother that's all i got on this episode of the show i appreciate you hopping on the line i appreciate each and every one of you for sticking with us during the off season we'll catch you on the next one all right real quick papa john's little caesars pizza hut or domino's you got to eat one for the rest of your life which one you going with i think domino's I heard a great joke. Uh, I went and saw a comedian, Tim Dillon, over the weekend, Shane. Yeah. Little Caesars, he said, their pizza's so bad, their slogan is, it's hot. And that's all they got. (laughs) (laughs) That should be our slogan. It's daily. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, geez. No, that that is true. They tried mixing it up, man. I went in there and listen, I've, I've, I've been there before. Okay. I know a guy. So I go in there and they've, they've kind of, I mean, it's not just pizzas anymore. They got breadsticks. They got terrible wings. Um, trying to think what else they got. They got all kinds of little stuff. I mean, they, it's, 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 it's a, it's a fantastic marketing ploy because you come in for a $5 pizza and you walk out with $20 worth of shitty food. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, unless they're sponsoring us, then pizza, pizza. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Well, let's wrap this up, brother. Um, Good job. (laughs) Good job on today's podcast, Mike. And uh, I'll catch you guys on the next one. Go balls. Perfect.